Brant, Michigan's in the Sweet 16. We just like just like we called it. Michigan is in the Sweet 16. We we knew it, man. We absolutely yeah. both were spot on. I'm glad. I'm glad that we put our picks out there for everybody to 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 listen to. You saw it coming, didn't you? Yeah, my dad totally roasted me uh, when yes, I said he should zero, have zero percent chance. Yeah, um, yeah. They, well, maybe it wasn't a zero percent chance Michigan beats Tennessee, but uh, they pulled it off. It was awesome. It was at least you know if you're gonna be wrong, be wrong about that. It was a way bigger upset than St. Peter's. That's for sure. <laughs> according to to podcast episode 29 garage takes yeah. uh yeah we'll we'll get into college hoops man the uh first weekend of the tourney yeah th- it was just awesome and and it was fun being able to link up for that too but we'll we'll get to the tourney in just a second brant can we talk nfl for a second let's do it man what's going on what is going on in the nfl this- I, dave i honestly i can't keep up my phone is blowing up all day this is, I know, and I don't know, I mean, it's fun, it's cool, it's like you got all these superstars on the move and big headlines. I mean, Brant, let me just read you some of these. You ready? Ready. Most recently today, Tyreek Hill traded to the Dolphins. Russell Wilson was obviously traded. Devontae Adams was traded. Deshaun Watson traded. Tom Brady, unretired. Aaron Rodgers returned to the Packers. Carson Wentz traded on the move again. Khalil Mack traded. Amari Cooper traded. Matt Ryan traded. Julio Jones cut. Baker Mayfield being Baker looking to get out. I mean, those are just some of the the headlines. Or we're talking about like big time players on the move, and we're not even talking about free agent signings necessarily. We're just talking about some major headlines. And I can't keep up either, man. What is out of those headlines, or maybe one I didn't name? What is sticking out to you? Is just like the craziest one. Yeah, don't don't forget the defending champs, OBJ, still waiting to get resigned, or whatever's going to happen with him. Uh, also, Robert Woods traded to the Titans, right? So um, there's just so many moves to keep up with. Dave, do you know what Tyreek got traded for? I heard five for, or five picks. I don't know what they were. Yes. Together. So he got traded for a first round, a second. So first round this year, a second round this year, a second round this year, and gosh. I think maybe like a first next year or something like that. Sure. I mean, th- those were like the main like parts of the package. And basically he just got paid to be the highest, uh, the highest paid wide receiver in the league. I mean, he just got a ridiculous contract and I, I don't know, like that one in particular, man, I don't get that. I mean, and I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is not like a freak player and outstanding and not worthy. It's just, I don't know to pay a wide receiver. That's almost 30 years old who his, his main thing to his game is his crazy speed and agility, which is something that's going to decline. Now, like Devonte Adams, I get it. Like he's going to age better in my opinion, as a, as a wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, man, the dolphins are going like all in right now. And I'm not so sure that this team is like built to be 
ready to, to go all in. Maybe they are. I obviously they drafted Jalen Waddle. He's a very good rookie. Um, I, I don't know, man. That 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 Tyreek one today just kind of like dumbfounded me. Yeah, I'm not I'm not with that one. If I'm if I'm a Dolphins fan, maybe I can get excited for the year or two that he's gonna be there. But long term, I think it's gonna hamper him more than do more good. Um Anyway, uh, one of the other ones that you mentioned, Dave, was the Devontae Adams one. De- Devontae Adams. That. What's that? I'm pretty pumped for the Devontae Adams one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To for the sure. Raiders. Yeah, me too. I'd much rather see Devontae be a Raider than a Packer. Um, and, and, and good for Derek Carr. Get himself yeah. a, a true weapon. And he kind of won me over this past year. You kind of had said it as we had, we're heading into playoffs. He's just like a gritty yeah. guy. And goes about his business so i'm happy for him yeah that offense is about to be very good too with josh jacobs you have uh darren waller obviously a couple of good young receivers with uh Devontae adams and obviously the car adams connection comes from fresno state where they played together yep yep and don't forget hunter renfro too man he, he's oh, a right. player too um yeah. so yeah yeah definitely the the raiders are on the up and up you know, one of the the trades that baffled me, and it's not, I was not baffled that he got traded because we've been talking about him. Like you knew Deshaun Watson was on his way out of the Texans organization, even before all of these allegations and the civil suit and all that, his legal troubles. He wanted out before that happened. Just the timing of all this, there was kind of an overlap. Um I mean, I had gone on the, the, the record a few times and saying, man, I the Lions better be making a call. Well, I, I still, even when I said the Lions should be making a call, I did not think Deshaun Watson would actually ever waive his no-trade clause to come to Detroit. Well, he waived it to go to Cleveland. And, and it's not even that, man. What's crazy to me is what what the Browns gave up to get Deshaun Watson. Like, now I'm, like, eating my words because – here, when I'm saying the Lions should be calling, the way that the league made it sound was that you could get Deshaun Watson for a couple picks, and the Texans are just trying to get rid of this situation and get him out of town. But then you see the boatload of first-round picks that they got for, for Deshaun Watson. As a, uh, a second-tier Lions fan, I'll say, I'm like, yeah, good riddance. I am good on that. How did you feel about that one, Brant? Same way I feel about most star quarterbacks getting traded. Outside of Patrick Mahomes right now, uh, and, and maybe Josh Allen, I'm not giving up my entire future franchise pieces. Like, I'm not giving you four first-round picks, whatever, you know, they ended up giving up. It's just not worth it to me. Um, stay, be patient in the draft. Um, to piggyback on this a little bit, Dave, what, what do you make of the Baker Mayfield stuff? put out by Florio. Um, if, if you were to, let's say you had to give up a second and a third form as a yeah. Lions fan. Eh, per, just because I'm not a Baker fan, I'd say no. I think that's a fair asking price. That's just my own personal right. preference. That of Baker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that Baker does not. So no, I, me personally, I'm not interested in Baker as, as a lion. I don't know how much better he actually makes you than Jared, than Jared Goff does right now um, to give up any draft capital, but in the same, in the same breath, 
I don't think that Baker gets the respect that he probably deserves. I mean, Brant, was it not just a year ago, uh, or was that two years ago now, that Baker had them uh, two years ago? Baker had them on the cusp of going to the Super Bowl, and and you know last year was he was injured and tried to play through it, and you know he had the OBJ stuff. I, it, last year was just like it was just a bad year for the Browns. Uh, but let's not forget like the Browns who are like the lions were on the fringe of a super bowl just a couple of years ago. And that was Baker Mayfield that, that led him there. And he was on a whole different level. It's hard for me to think that that was just a one year, like he got lucky sort of thing and he'll never be that guy again. Maybe he won't be that good, but put some respect on Baker's name. He's not that bad either for them to just be like good riddance Baker, unless he is some super, super toxic Johnny Manziel type of guy in the locker room. I mean, we know he's not a likable guy, but I don't know, man. I, I, I think that Baker is severely undervalued right now. What, what, what do you think? I, I would say I would do it for a second and third. If you're the lions. Um, you would. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um, I think I would just to get him on my team. Let's see what let's see what he can do next year type of situation. And maybe your quarterback situation gets solved. You gave Jared Goff the same chance. It didn't work out. Sure, whatever. But to me, I, I almost feel like Baker, like you said, he's got some some tangibles there. Something about him that has kind of like a winning attitude, or a, I'm at least gonna lay it all on the line and try to win this damn game. And, and he really has that feel to him. So I think he has a home, obviously, in the league. But finding the right spot for him is going to be important for sure. But you see these guys bounce back. Like, remember when Ryan Tannehill got his second chance in Tennessee? Absolutely. Yeah. right. And he was in the AFC championship game. So I I really think it just matters who you get around you and, and that type of thing, too. But I could see Dan Campbell wanting to roll the dice with a guy like Baker that's like, hey, we're going to be in the trenches together, man. This is we're going to drop a game plan and we're going to execute it and we're going to give it everything we got. I just, I feel like he has more of a competitive fire than maybe a Jared Goff. Jared Goff just doesn't pop off the screen to you and be like, does he care? Or is he here for the paycheck? Almost. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's just there. He's just kind of there. And with those baby hands, there he goes. Oh God. All right, man. You can't, it is not football season. You are not allowed and I already know that you're going to be talking about little baby hands when we start talking the NFL draft and Kenny Pickett. I know, I know. So I'm going to cut you off right there. That is a perfect segue to shift out of football and go into March Madness. Brant, your thoughts on the opening couple of rounds of the tournament? Yeah, first thought is Kentucky stubbed their toe. Let's okay. You are not allowed to say stubbed their toe on back-to-back podcast episodes. Okay. Okay. Well, Kentucky and St. Peter's that, that obviously has to be the main talking point of everyone's first couple rounds, man. What a, what a, what a game, Dave, we were watching that live together. Um, late night game. What, what better than a Thursday night, St. Patrick's day, cool upset 15 over a two. That's why we go and watch these games. That's why we stay up and 
hang out and drink beers to these games. Is I tell you what was cool. What was awesome. cool. I agree. What was cool about that too, man, is because I mean, gosh, when was the last time we've been able to like get together for March Madness? Like, it's just the timing of everything happened to work out perfectly. But you know what was really cool was like being out and. You know, because Michigan in Michigan sports betting now you can do it right from your phone, and it is what the noticeable difference for me is. You're you're in a bar, and everybody's got something on the line on one of these games, and every time there's a bucket scored at the end, people are screaming, shouting like it's not just it's not about the brackets anymore. Like that is kind of shifted where it's like. I got $10 on this game. Like, you know, I had St. Peter or whatever it was, um, or they had Kentucky coming back. Uh, it, it was just kind of cool to, to see how that, all that, uh, that environment w- was shaken out to be. So I'm glad we got to do that together, man. Brant, I want us to, to first of all, talk Michigan. And then before, and as we head on into the Elite Eight, I want us to redo our predictions for the Final Four based on the teams that are left. Man. What surprised you about this Michigan team? Their defensive effort. Their defensive paralysis, however you want to say that word. Uh, just basically, they're, they switched. Dave, I don't know if you noticed this, but they've been playing a lot of zone recently. And one thing that about their zone is when you have guys the size of Diabate, Hunter Dickinson, and you have Caleb Houston, they have such long wingspans and Houston's a big kid to be playing on his own too. Like, so what's awesome about it is it's long, it's stingy. They don't give up much on the inside when they're, when they're doing that. And it really takes the, the pressure off Hunter Dickinson and then he can perform better offensively. I think switching to the zone has saved this team tremendously. And they have been, it's been kind of their calling card in this tournament. Now Colorado state rained down threes on them. I mean, and they were able to take it because they were able to catch up with them offensively thanks to Frankie Collins, basically. But I think it was two things. The play of Frankie Collins offensively, and then you had uh, the zone holding down that defensive end for them. And Tennessee got punched in the face by Michigan. And we haven't said it all year, Dave. Michigan actually went and punched someone in the face and, uh, you know, started the game well. And Tennessee kind of was staggered from, from the beginning. Yeah, I felt like, first of all, what impressed me, we won back-to-back games. Like, that is just something that we said in the last episode, Michigan has been unable to do that. Now, what we've been really unable to do is win three games in a row. So, the jury is is, is out. Um, they, they do face Villanova in the Sweet 16. It looks like they'll be getting Devontae Jones back. You mentioned Frankie Collins. Um, I mean, they are doing this without being at full strength. And one thing that I'll say about this team, who've been a very frustrating team to watch all year, they are showing some resilience, resiliency, and they're showing some mental toughness. Um, and sure, you can say physical toughness, whatever, but I don't really think the, I think the identity of this team right now is the mental toughness that they are showing. They were on the fringe. People, including myself, did not feel like, they're actually worthy of being in the tournament this year. Um, I know from a numbers and analytical standpoint, they absolutely deserve to be there, but I certainly had my doubts and so did people all across the nation. And you heard Hunter Dickinson, Brant, 
They've heard the noise. They heard the NIT chants, all these things. And <laughs> they, they've, you know, you, you add into that, the Juwan Howard suspension, a first round exit out of the big 10 tournament. And then they come and here we are five years in a row sitting in the sweet 16, um, coupled with the beeline and the Juwan Howard era. And um, I am just incredibly impressed that they're at this point right now. Um, Villanova Brant. What do they challenge Michigan with in per, in particular, outside of being a very well coached team with Jay Wright? Yeah, uh, what they do is they 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 all can shoot. They got five guys. They got five guys that start for them that can all shoot the rock. They all handle the ball well. They are just a good. They're all under seven foot, so that's good for us because we can pound it inside, but. We're going to have to guard really well. I'm interested to see how much of that zone we'll see. I think we're going to see a healthy dose of it until we get shot out of it. Um, I think we're going to just roll the dice and say, hey, you want to outshoot us? Try it. And if you start off cold, we're going to pound it inside and we're going to rack up some points on you. So that's what I'll be interested to see. Uh, They pose a great threat in being coached by Jay Wright. Let's just say flat out. I mean – you talk about Coach K, you know, Bill Self in this tournament, whatever you want to talk about. Jay Wright is the new best thing that that is, you know, he is the best coach maybe in this tournament. Yeah. Um, so. All right. So, Brant, we're, we're going to do a little shorter of, a, of an episode today. I got to get back with the kids as I, as I was telling you. But let's go region by region real quick. Let's talk about the remaining teams, four remaining teams in each region. Um, let's make our final four picks. Let's redo them. All right, Brent, in the West, we are left with the one, two, three, and four seed. Gonzaga takes on Arkansas and then Texas Tech and Duke. Brent, who do you see coming out? Not We don't need to go matchup by matchup, but uh, maybe just naming Gonzaga, Arkansas, Texas Tech, and Duke. Who do you see coming out of there? Do you still have Texas Tech? That's what you initially said, I believe. I'll stick with them. Okay. I'm going to stick with the Zags, although they have had their hiccups just because I'm <laughs> stubborn. I'm not going to redo my pick there. They should have lost to Memphis though. Um, all right. Then we go over to the East, the four teams that remain North Carolina, UCLA, Purdue, and St. Peter's. Who do you got out of there? I'll take Purdue just to say that I know that they'll say they'll, they'll beat St. Peter's. And they'll have that game against UCLA or North Carolina. And odds are, you know, you're not you're not getting one of them. <laughs> sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna take UCLA out of the East. All right, back final fours. Okay, back to back. Into what region is this? The South. We've got Arizona. We've got Houston, Michigan, and Villanova. Make your pick. I'll take Houston. Wow. I'll take Houston. Did you, you probably didn't stay up to watch TCU, Arizona. I did not, but I generous. So of course I had to stay up and the Arizona struggle. Yeah. They should have lost the game. Honestly, Dave and uh, Houston, maybe the best defensive team that's left in this tournament. Wow. Okay. I am going to take Arizona. You're such th- a coward. I think yeah. they bounce back. I'm, you know what? I'm sticking. I'm sticking with my picks. So, you know, nailed it right the first time. Why? Why change yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Iowa. No. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about Iowa. All right. 
Midwest region, last one. You've got Kansas, Providence, Iowa State, and Miami, Florida. That I'm sorry, that was just like difficult to read. That was sorry. Who's Kansas playing again? Yeah, Providence. Providence. This is uh, just Kansas, how do you not pick Kansas out of here? <laughs> I guess Kansas. If I have to, Iowa State should not win another game. I think Miami will beat them. I think it'll be Kansas, Miami, and Kansas will beat them. I I would agree with that. All right. Judging off the picks we just made, I'm sure all of those teams will lose uh, in in the coming days. <laughs> but like we told you before, do not base any uh, picks or brackets or anything off of what we tell you. Um, I would burn it immediately. But it's fun to do it. Man, I'm excited. This makes it even more fun. Today, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thursday. Michigan's still in the tournament. Tip-off is 730. It's going to be awesome, man. And hopefully when we record next week, in some crazy way, we are talking about Michigan in the final four. <laughs> we'll see. Brant, I will catch you next time, my friend. Thank you. I'll see you.